<sighs> have you been? I'm good. My brain has totally turned to mush. Good. Like, After three completely. days. <laughs> yeah. Well, to be fair, this is only day three of no work whatsoever. Yeah. Um, so how was, how's Susan? Susan is good. Susan is growing beautifully. Good. I'm so proud of her. I can bake with her from Saturday. <laughs> and you've <laughs> added you've added rye flour to her now. So it's a white and rye bread. It's a white and rye blend. Mm. So I use less of my precious bread flour. Bread flour. I can't speak today. I haven't spoken to a human being. <laughs> yeah, that isn't it, my husband. And I've barely, barely spoken to him. Sorry, I'm just gonna eat a few more. Hey, um. No, do it. We've run out of crisps, oh, so. No. Uh, Eventually, I'm, I'm trying to work out like how to do as little shopping as possible. Mm. Yeah. Now I know we've got three of us. I'm gonna have to do some kind of meal plan. I think. Um, well, this is the thing. I know I can live off what's. I could probably do another week with what's in my house, but I'm nearly yeah. out of alliums. Alli- <laughs> I've got no onions, no leeks, no spring onions. I've got a head of garlic, and that's it. Jesus, that's pretty dire. Yeah. Oh, I don't know what I'm gonna to cook tonight, even. I do have garlic. No, I'm. I like I said. I reckon I could could get through another week, but it'll with without stuff like onions, it will start getting really depressing really quickly. And I'm <laughs> nearly out of booze, so I'm going. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. which is fine for some, but not for me. Not on the weekend. Have you been reading? I haven't. I've genuinely. I'm <laughs> stuck. I'm the thing is, I'm still in that book I was telling you about that I was kind of stuck on before the new year. Because I haven't... Oh, the pandemic one. Yeah, no. Yeah. Yeah. But I don't want to... Stop it. Stop reading it. It's fine. But it's such a good book and I want to know what happens in case it gives me guidance on what's going to happen to us. It's too late now, but I did offer just to read you the next chapter. So you were through on it. And now... I just need to... I'll go home and do it. I'll go home and do it tonight, you said. I just need to pick it up. separated for weeks and weeks. (laughs) I miss you so much. (laughs) I know. It's weird. Like, I wouldn't normally, like obviously you know what I mean this in the nicest way I wouldn't normally like start missing you after a week of not seeing you well um, no I mean we've gone weeks without seeing each yeah. other in the past you lived in Australia for a bit I did I did do that and that was quite far away for quite some time although I did miss you it's knowing that I can't see people yeah it's I can't have it and therefore I very much want it mm-hmm. it's yeah it becomes very much people. how dare you mm. how very dare you pandemic so 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 why are we so, here today Joanna Shoot. Well, I think we're going to make a podcast, aren't we? Bonus podcast. A bonus podcast. Bonus podcast. Should we make? Yes. Um, I'm not sure if we're, if we're like saying, should we make a podcast? Should yeah. we make a podcast? Yeah. yeah let's make. Leo, let's make a podcast. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Let's very, make a podcast. This is all very unstructured. I'm getting distressed. Um, um. We are doing this podcast remotely. Yes. Shall I do a Shall I do a hello and welcome to? Are, are you going to like introduce us properly? Okay. Yeah. 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 Is that all right? Yeah, no. Cool. Yeah, I, I think that's within the government regulations. <laughs> I'm not entirely sure. I'll have to ask Boris. <laughs> Go. Hello and welcome to The Tree Shall Make You Fret, a podcast in which we are usually reading and recapping every book from Terry Pratchett's Discworld series, one at a time in chronological order. I'm Joanna Hagen-Young. And I'm Francine Carroll. I've got to say I'm our... not 100% that usually is accurate. Like, of the percentage of episodes we've done, how many have actually been in the the reading and recapping the actual Discworld books. Well, okay, so we've done 16 episodes so far. Uh-huh. Four of those were Good Omens, and one was the bonus oh. Hogswatch episode. Yeah. So, yeah, out of 16 episodes, 
11? No. Okay. Nine. Hang on. 12. Jesus. Okay, yeah, no, that's usually, that's fine. Okay, I'll take yeah, that. Okay. Anyway, this mm-hmm. is our special bonus pandemic edition. Yay. Because we're in isolation slash lockdown slash whatever you want to call it. <laughs> we need to figure Quarantine. out if we can record remotely. Yeah. Um, remain uh, indoors. Remain indoors. Uh, do not think about the event. Please um, don't think about the event. Just listen to the apocalypse playlist over and over again until you feel better or have stopped being able to think properly at all. Yeah, that's what's happened to me. Yay. Very much. Uh, we've been keeping ourselves entertained during the pandemic by, well, in my case, actually just continuing to work um, and watching The Simpsons with my dad. <laughs> I've also been watching The Simpsons because Disney Plus is out now and has yeah. all of the Simpsons. Um, plus, it was really fun today. I watched the first ever Treehouse of Horror episode. Ooh, which one was that? What was in there? It had a haunted house thing. It introduced. It had an alien thing with Kang and Kodos for the first time. And oh, the then, cooking. Yeah. Yeah, and I then watched that one yesterday. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, with the raven. Yes, and now I know, because it's really weird watching them, because um, do you get this, where you watch something and as each scene comes up you're remembering it but you still couldn't say what comes next. yes totally um so i used to watch that so much as a kid and i'm like well this probably explains like why i've always loved the raven poems and i read it as a teenager and i probably just felt this huge familiarity with it because i fucking heard it again and again on the simpsons yeah but yeah so pandemic activities it's mm. been fun i uh i i'm completely not working i i technically I mean, I'm furloughed, so I have a job, but like, I don't have any work right now. Yeah. So I've just played PlayStation and, and watched The Simpsons. You are, uh, you do introduce yourself as Joanna, poet and playwright quite often. So, I mean, I'm going to get after loads of this week, done. After this week of holiday, you can be Joanna, full-time poet and playwright for a bit. Which will be super fun, except I've got to try and think of something to write about that isn't the freaking pandemic. Do you have an interesting floaty dressing gown? Obviously, good. All right. I mean, it's like a sh- it's a short satin kimono, but it will do for the sake of it. <laughs> yeah, but I have like long flowing satin trousers that match it. It's okay, I'm wearing really big knickers. <laughs> <laughs> yes, no, I have appropriate wafting around the house clothes <laughs> to be a poet. Wafting. <laughs> I've got to sort of waft airily about in a cloud of gin and perfume and chiffon. <laughs> I think Look I'm dramatically not- out of windows. I'm not sure what I've been exactly scuttling. I think I've been scuttling around the house, cleaning madly. Cool. So what we thought we'd do today, dear listeners, yes, is interview each other because I heard my two of my favourite podcast hosts do that and it made me happy. I think that was uh, You're Wrong About, by the way. Have I made you listen to that yet? No, but that's someone oh, from that me, song. You're going to love it so fucking much. Oh my God, Joe. Oh, I, I know I say this about podcasts, but you will love You're Wrong About so much. The enemy is always capitalism and the patriarchy. Okay, fine. I need to listen to that. Is that that's history? Got, that's got someone on it who's on Dubai Friday, doesn't it? No, but Dubai Friday repeatedly recommend it, which is why. Oh, okay. I, I knew there was a. I know there's like a web of how uh, the. I know, I've the got to draw mine out of. at some point. Yeah. <laughs> I, I got into this through that. this through this through this through that through yeah. them. I thought actually I might write out a list of because I listen to a lot of long conversational podcasts and I thought I might uh write out a proper list and description of each of them 
because it might help people who actually need company to stay sane. Because yeah, that would be a good idea. Replace human interaction for me a lot of the time, which works great for me and might be, you know, enough, enough for some people who are struggling. <laughs> See, my issue isn't human interaction. I, I, I'm not that, like, I'm, I'm constantly talking to people on the internet. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And I don't get a lot of human interaction in my day-to-day life anyway, because I'm quite often alone in the kitchen listening to podcasts. My issue is just that I'm not allowed to leave as opposed to yeah so um, as i was saying before it's a rudely interrupted myself um we are going to ask each other questions but because joanna doesn't like interviewing people and honestly i would probably skew towards accidentally asking you about the property market given my journalistic experience which i know nothing about <laughs> mm, literally <yeah>. nothing <laughs> what do you think this is going to do to the costa del sol fuck it uh, yes it will yes correct <laughs> See, you're doing great uh, but anyway because that I used an awesome little tool that anyone can use on perchance.org where you can just give make yourself a random generator. I was going to do a whole proper one with JavaScript and everything, but then I found this and it is fucking easy as. So that's what we're now doing. And yeah. I wrote down a load of questions and Joanna wrote down a load of questions. And now we have a, 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 a tool with a button and you can press the button. And then when it gives us a question, we're going to ask each other. And then I figured, because I couldn't work out how to make it to exclude the ones we already had, if it comes up twice, then we just ask the person who hasn't answered it yet. Okay, cool. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. You can tell we're really planned out today. Yeah, well, it's bonus content. What the fuck do they want? Do they even want the bonus content? Well, probably not, but they're getting it, so everyone else is doing it. Well, people need things to occupy themselves in this lonely, lonely time. I'm going to send you the best episode of You're Wrong About and I haven't decided what it is yet, but I need you to get into this podcast. Okay, I, know I, say, I know I say this occasionally, but I mean it this time. Okay, but I'm <laughs> subscribed to like 20... I'm going to start making you listen to a podcast every time I I have to listen to a new one. Okay, but it can't be a TV recap. Damn it. <laughs> and now, Joanna, right, right into the serious business. Uh, if you could replace your arms with weapons, which weapons would you choose? Ooh... I know, I'm sorry to go straight to the hard-hitting ones. but Yeah, no, it's a lot. I think probably... Can I have, like, a different weapon on each arm? Yes. Okay, so can I have a very sharp knife on one hand and tongs on the other? Joanna, those aren't weapons. <laughs> I... <laughs> those are your work tools. <laughs> when I'm at work, I will argue that they are definitely not weapons and never used as such. Outside of work, a sharp knife is a weapon. Okay, fine. What kind of knife? I'm thinking like a good quality cleaver. You can do pretty much anything. A cleaver. With a cleaver. Oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you can finely shred garlic. You can chop parsley. You can even serve portions of lasagna. And you can probably, you know, you can do anything with a cleaver, including an up to hacking someone else's arm weapons off. Okay. Cool. Um, I'll allow that. What What about the tongs? How are you going to argue that for a weapon? Have you ever been nipped by a crab? No. Have you? It hurts. Yeah. And a lobster. Are you going to have like a crab claw? That's Actually, yeah, no. tongs. I, my tongs are not the same as a crab claw. No, but you could do some damage. There's pulling and twisting and bop it. <laughs> but yeah, no, can my left arm just be bop it? Yes. Okay, let me generate a question. What was the last song you listened to? Oh, um, I think it was A Beautiful Day by The Levelers, because I've had that half in my head ever since you mentioned it in the... Um... Ah, uh, the episode of the the montages, the many montages. Oh yeah, 
he was saying that uh, Mort's makeover should be to Level as Beautiful Day, which I didn't realize quite how uh, commie revolutionary it was. I guess I'd only really tuned myself into the chorus before. Um, yeah, yeah, so all about Guevara and Guy Fawkes. And... Well, that's nice for them. Yeah, yeah, I thought so. Right. Have you ever been in a fight? Not really. Elaborate. Oh, I've gotten a little bit scrappy, but it's only so ever so been. You've a never been in a full fight. Not never been in a full fight. No. Well, I mean, you know, hockey, rugby, they, they, they were a bit scrappy too. They were lawful There's, fights. There was one girl who still got a scar from me. From what? Uh, that involved a very, very, very vicious slap, and I kind of caught her with a nail, and apparently the scar lasted. Jesus uh, Christ. Why did you slap her? Is this hockey? No, no, this was just in the school bathrooms. But it was when my... <laughs> You're jumping around a lot. <laughs> my dad had just died, and she said she cared more about her dead hamster than I cared oh, about my dad. Oh, that girl, yeah, no, she deserved that. Yeah. yeah, no, I'm really proud she's still got that scar. All right. Uh, we've kind of done this already, but you can recommend one podcast, not ours, to get a random person through this quarantine. Which one and why? Um, honestly, I actually probably wouldn't be. You're wrong about if I can only recommend one to get someone through a quarantine. <sighs> Now, see, as I wrote this, I should have actually thought about it, but I didn't. I stuck to it. I said I wasn't going to think about them, and I didn't. I think I think it's going to be due by Friday because, A, it is interesting, funny, nice-ish people <laughs> having, like, chats, chatting. It, it makes you feel like you're in a group of people, which is nice. And yeah. B, because it comes along with challenges. Um, you can so you need and... the Patreon. You need the Patreon so you can listen to the after shows and get the challenges and then do it and then listen to the listen to the thing, I think. So I would say that runner up would be Roderick on the line, which has one of the same hosts, Merlin Man, but also has John Roderick. And that is largely because it's been going on since 2011 and there is a lot of back catalogue. And uh, there's quite a lot of chat about mental health and stuff, which is nice. And they're all they're very open and yeah. Awesome. Those are my answers. And I will, I think I will write out that list of good podcasts and put it in the, sh- uh, I'll put a link in the show notes. Awesome. What do you sing when you're alone? Oh, 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 lots of Disney and musicals. Oh, yeah. Deep belt. Lots of, oh, full belt. I have a belters playlist on my phone. I mean, obviously, there's some Amanda Palmer on it because there's Amanda Palmer on all of my playlists. Uh, Reigns of Castamere from Game of Thrones, specifically nice. the version sung by Serge Tankian from System of a Down. Uh, we have Maybe This Time and Cabaret from Cabaret. The Liza Minnelli version, obviously. Obviously. Uh, a cover is not the book and Triple Little Light Fantastic from the new Mary Poppins film. Uh, Amsterdam by David Bowie. It's so it. fun. <laughs> I use it when I have a show coming up. I listen to it a lot, like at Home Alone or Kitchen Alone, because uh, it helps me get used to um, like pushing out sound from the diaphragm better. It, it's all the same muscles and... Uh, stuff that you're using to speak loud in theatre oh, as see. if you're singing yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. so that helps me remind myself how to do it and breath control and stuff yeah also it's just really fun to sing to Moana really loudly what opinion did you once hold that now embarrasses you Ooh, ooh, oh no I was hoping you'd get that one uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh okay oh I used to think feminism was stupid and would call myself an equalist I, I was love you. 14 15 Oh, right. Maybe yeah. into 16. I don't know. Um, because I heard someone say that and it sounded smart. And yeah. Yeah, no, that's pretty embarrassing. I still remember 
in an interesting you know how sometimes you still remember tiny little things from fucking years ago tiny little exchanges that really don't matter anymore and the other person definitely won't remember i remember one from online like a deviant heart forum exchange where i said something along those lines to someone clearly a bit older and smarter than me and they went oh yeah no you've really changed my life with that opinion well done like <laughs> the sarcasm dripping from a forum post in a way i didn't realize it could until then um and i think possibly she was then nice enough to link me to something <laughs> to read <laughs> because it was from then that i started actually learning what feminism was and why it's still pretty fucking useful yeah i remember going from a similar attitude to hardcore feminist very very quickly and twitter was definitely involved in that transition but i did kind um, of go i went too far the other way and i've had to i found equilibrium since i think we both done that oh this is a good one for you What's your, I cannot be fucked to cook, but I will cook meal. Ooh, I actually have a bunch for these. Like yeah. it does depend on what's in the house and in the cupboards. Good, because this is uh, necessary. This is partly just me asking for ideas for dinner, to be honest. <laughs> <laughs> Pasta generally features heavy in all of these. Mm -hmm. uh, so, and again, for me, it's not even so much can't be fucked to cook. It's can't be asked to acquire ingredients and put thought in. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so my go-to is my bad brain pasta. Chopped onion and garlic cooked out. Maybe throw in like some chili flakes or whatever, like, whatever herbs I've got lying around that are looking on their last legs. Um, tin of tomatoes, tin of white beans, splash of red wine if I have it. Um, pasta in. Yeah. Pasta in. And then if I have any, if I've got some creme fraiche or cream, I'll maybe throw a splash of that in. I'll throw a big handful of cheese in. Nice. I also do a version of that that has double the usual amount of onion and sausages in it works with veggie sausages too uh that one has to have the cream in and then bake it at the end with breadcrumbs that's if i'm like fancy yeah that's and good. then if i if i really really can't be fucked then either carbonara or cacio e pepe which either way is basically just making a sauce for pasta out of eggs and cheese that's the one you so. gave me the recipe for and i've made isn't it yeah yeah just three times as much black pepper as you need yeah i love black pepper so much is it good for you? Tell me yes. Do you enjoy it? Yes. Then it's good for you. I am you not know, a I always feel slightly virtuous when I add chilli to stuff. I'm like, I heard this was good for me. Yeah. I'm not going to examine that very much, but as long as I feel it somewhat, then the placebo effect works, I think. Whereas I've put quite a lot of mental effort into separating moral values from food. And uh, if I enjoy it, then it's automatically good for me because at the very least, it's good for my mental health. Yeah, no, exactly. I try and... I've tried to change the kind of moral attachment to it so that the the morality is like a service to my body, not because in any way. That's oh, I'm being way. good. I'm being good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, it's. I um, won't have a piece oh, of cake. Oh, my body will like this. This will go towards my aim of being able to jump over that river by summer, which is my current aim. Goals. How big is the river, Francine? Very narrow. I can almost do it now. I just, got oh, okay, wet, good. I just got a wet foot last time. So I was like, okay, no. Do you know what? Because you know how Adrienne in the yoga videos always says, set an intention. It's like, okay, by summer, I'm going to jump that fucking river. Oh, my intention is to just like be slightly more cheerful. <laughs> yeah, see, that's always the kind of stuff I used to do. And then I'd kind of lose grip of it when we meant to be doing the meditation on it or whatever. So I was like, right now, I'm going to pick something solid, jump that fucking river, no wet feet, boom. Yeah, no, I'm so bad at meditation. Every time I try and meditate, I just go to, I just start picking through whatever script I'm working on and start working out the, the flaws. Yeah. Ooh, uh, this is actually on theme for the podcast. What single Discworld book are you most excited for us to get to? Ooh, ooh, okay. Mm. 
Hmm. Oh, that is a very good question because it's not necessarily my favorite. But I think it is Morrison, the amazing Morrison has educated rodents because I've only read that once and I remember it's fantastic. And I know I'm you're really going to have lots of interesting one. things to say about it. And it's got like a whole thing. It's like huge societal undertone messages. And I think we will dig our teeth right into that. And it was going to be great. That one's so good. I'm so excited for that one. Yeah. That one is like one of my top five Discord books. Yeah. Um, I'm asking you something now. Yeah. What was the first Discworld book you really, truly loved? Well, this is now a bit crap coming after your question because it is Amazing Morrison as Educator Radiance. Cool. Well, tell me about it because it's good. It's like well, an extension. It just, I don't know what it is, but it just went right into the right part of my brain. All of the characters, the sarcastic cat. I loved it so, so much. And I, I've always like, I quite like the Pied Piper story. And I was, yeah, yeah. How old are you, do you think? I'm trying to work it out because I remember reading it while I was in America so I think I was probably 11 mm-hmm. possibly 12 but I didn't realize it was part of the Discworld series and it wasn't it was years later where I properly started reading Discworld and kind of went hang on the place names are the same that was a Discworld book all along <gasps> gasp <laughs> and then went and reread it once I'd like read more of the Discworld I then went back and reread this book I'd loved as a child and uh- found all this extra nuance in it yeah. uh what place do you have no interest in visiting again? Oh, Sydney. Easy. Nah, fair. Yeah, I have no intention to go back to Sydney. It was, I'm sorry, anyone who lives there, um, brave of me yes. to think. We might have Australian listeners. <laughs> we do. We've had uh, a couple of ratings on Australian iTunes. Oh, that's nice. So, um, hi, Australia. Hi. I hate Sydney. Um, <laughs> <laughs> that is largely because of the company I kept while I was there, to be fair. I'm sure. Yeah, you didn't have an easy time of it. No. Um, there were beautiful parts of the city, really, truly. I remember very clearly walking around uh, the docks and the botanical gardens and the harbour, and it was, it was all gorgeous and sparkly water. And but a lot of people were super racist, and everything was expensive, and I had a bad time. So I'm not interested in going back. I think that would be quite traumatising for me. Plus, didn't parakeets keep eating your herb boxes? They did. Yes, um, I was in a tiny flat that didn't have air con and it was 40 degrees all the time celsius for our oh yeah you you were there in the summer weren't you check that out what's uh i was 104 it is 104 yeah it was hot and i didn't yeah i i used to have a cold shower and go straight to the bed without drying off because that was the only way i could be cool enough for two minutes to go to sleep and i was trying to sleep during the day as well because i did night shifts and yeah fucking parakeets kept coming through the window which i had to keep open or i would die and yelling and then they knocked my basil off and I could see it growing really well on a rooftop far below. No. <laughs> Fucking I'm sorry. Kids, man. I liked the little ibises. Ibises are like pigeons. Oh, they're, really? They're just fucking everywhere going through the garbage. Seagulls are very small in Australia. Yeah. I might keep some of the video content from this and make clips for our dear listeners. <laughs> that seems fair. Um, Although maybe not because you can see all of my chins in glorious abandon. You look good. That's why I put good. makeup on. This is the first time in three days I've worn anything other than an oversized t-shirt and baggy jeans. Mm, that's good. Something about putting jeans on that makes me feel like a more functioning human. It's like, I have person trousers on. Now I'm being a person and I'm yeah, for sure. still just playing PlayStation. Yeah, I've got like three levels of trousers. So I've got like pajama trousers, whatever. Then yeah. I've got jeans or floaty summer trousers, one of the two, casual. And then you've got like structured work trousers and they're for real people days. 
Um, I don't own any structured work trousers because I haven't had to work in an office for eight years. really good in like straight seat trousers, so like cigarette ones maybe. I'm working on a pattern for some actually. I want to learn how to make them because I've got some absolutely ridiculous curtain fabric that looks like an old medieval tapestry and I want to see if I can make a pair of like high-waisted cigarette trousers out of it. I very much look forward to the result of that. I just think they'll look terrible. Maybe a matching blazer. No. You can't wear one. Oh, I'm fine. Yeah, okay. <laughs> Who am I to quash your dreams of walking around <laughs> as a tapestry? <laughs> Most people can't pull it off. Me. <laughs> that's true. That's true. You are extra by default. So my my base state of being is, oh, I've worn a floor length gold skirt again. I really liked that Twitter thing you were a part of the other day, by the way. I've kind of wished I had been um, the dress up for distance, but make it fashion. Distance, but make it fashion. Yeah, there you go. Yeah, um, which. Uh, Rachel Syme, who's a fashion writer for the New York Times, is running the hashtag. I keep talking to the speaker when I'm trying to address the listeners. <laughs> Where do you think it? Li- you think it lives in the speaker now? Do you? <laughs> yes, the listeners live in the speaker. Um, Rachel Syme, who's a fashion writer for the New York Times, started this hashtag on Twitter, and it's just on Sunday. Put on a fancy outfit and tweet with the hashtag, and I liked it. So I put on a floor-length gold sequin gown, did my makeup, had a glass of champagne. Have you ever won a competition? Have I ever won a competition? Ooh. I don't know. I don't think I have. Not a writing competition or anything? No, I, I mean, I've had like my work chosen to be staged, which is yeah, kind of yeah. like winning a competition. Yeah, that's like a grown-up writing competition, is it? <laughs> no, but I've never really done anything competitive. Like I didn't do competitions at school because I wasn't in like any team sports or anything. Did your um, school not do like essay competitions or whatever? Not really, and I didn't do a lot of extracurricular. I remember being in a country dancing competition once, but I don't think we won. What? When oh, I used to do when I was in primary school. I, we used to do country dancing. What's country dancing? Well, so it was kind of like, um, like country and western swing dancing type stuff, but it's sort of an old English folk dancing. You do stuff like strip the willow and the arches, and you dance down the middle. And oh shit. Yeah, you go, sorry, like swing each other around. English country dancing. Hold on, I'm I'm looking at a video here. It was primary school. It was a different time then. <laughs> I know, but goodness me. Um, oh, Catholic, yeah. eh? what are you going to do? <laughs> yeah. So yeah, so I've entered competitions, but not many, and I don't remember ever winning one. Francine, Hi. what unimportant issue do you care deeply about? Mm. Which I'm assuming we can rephrase as, what hill will you die on? Everybody should walk faster than they do. I don't know why the default speed of walking is quite so slow. I'm not particularly athletic. I'm not hugely above average height-wise. And yet I would quite easily, I I think conservatively, I can say I walk faster than 90% of people. I assume there was going to be something about apostrophe usage in there. Do you know, it would have been something grammatical some time ago, but I've, I've become less aggressive about grammar outside of my working life i was gonna say as a copy editor you kind of have to be fairly aggressive about grammar i believe very strongly that correct grammar has its place in published writing and that we should keep to that because it is important that we have a consistent language so that as many people as possible can learn to read it and communicate with each other effectively however i'm not going to be that twit on twitter who seems like they've won an argument or even has contributed to an argument by correcting the other person's grammar because frankly they have not and I used to be that person yeah I used 
I used to be that person and then I was uh I, I don't want to get stupidly into cancel culture and call out but I was called out for it you were slapped down in that feminist group we were in I, I was it. like but <laughs> to be fair it wasn't an aggressive thing people very politely said hey don't do that because of this reason and I went I hadn't thought of it like that and I haven't done it since mm-hmm. which yeah, is that good was one of, of them nicer okay what do you like being complimented on um, yeah, you can have two answers here. One, one about something physical, one about something else. Okay, so physical, I really like it when people notice my dress sense mm-hmm. because, like, okay, I spend a lot of time in jeans and t-shirts when I'm just going to and from work. But whenever I'm not, I put quite a lot of thought into what I'm wearing you do, and how you I'm wearing it. Incredibly put together. That's because, and and I make stuff, and like, I will pair a t-shirt with a floor-length gold ball gown and trainers. Uh, so yeah, so and physically it will look good because you've thought about it. <laughs> yes, and I've worked very hard to cultivate a reputation for being overdressed at all times. <laughs> because then I don't have anxiety about what to wear for things. If I'm like not sure how formal it is, it's like well, it's fine because everyone knows I'm overdressed. So ah, if I'm good. not sure how I f- formal I need to look, I'll err on the side of massively overdressed, and everyone will be just be like, oh, it's Joe, it's fine. That's very good. I like that. Doesn't work quite as well in pe- places where people don't know me, but we're getting there. Mm-hmm. Eventually, okay, so how about something know. non-aesthetic? Oh, non-aesthetic, definitely my writing. Yeah. Like, like any like what's a compliment you like getting about your writing though? Because like you're a good writer is nice, but it's not like sometimes you get those compliments, you're like, thank you. Thank you for noticing. <laughs> when someone gets like the real undertone of a piece I've written and picks up on so like one of the pieces I'm proudest of, which was staged last year, was this piece called The Crone. Mm-hmm. and I, I love that piece so much like I'm really attached to it it's my baby and it helps that like it had an amazing actor for it but there was a difference between people coming up and saying that was really good writing and people coming up and saying I really like how you interrogated a woman's place in the world and how much she loses social currency as she ages yes. and the second one was the ah you get it yes yeah. and that feels like it that makes it feel like it's worth writing stuff because I'm put a thought into someone's head and they might not have interrogated that themselves before good yes i like that and i managed to do that without sounding like too much of a pretentious wanker you actually did i'm not even gonna disagree with you today oh thank you uh what subject do you wish you knew more about so many fucking everything um one's very very niche and fleeting i just thought today i really want to know about like the the design behind like sirens and tornado warnings and stuff like that because you know how uh tsunami and tornado sirens are really fucking haunting and they're just off yeah and they're like really discordant yeah 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 discordant that's the word and just like they make perfect lovecraftian background noises and like oh how do people work out how to do that and like why did what what made the different countries settle on different sirens for their parentings and stuff so that was what i was thinking about while walking today what can turn your day completely around uh for the good and for the bad uh okay uh for the bad it can literally be the tiniest fucking thing yeah um because i am very very sensitive and a delicate you are, little you're flower a sensitive person to be fair most of the time i'm i i, I do put out an exterior of not being at all sensitive but tiny things are in it i just need to drop something literally it yeah like it do you think that would turn around a genuinely good day or would that be a i was kind of on the edge anyway 
Yeah, I mean, that's more so like if I'm hormonal, I'll cry at a drop speed for two hours. <laughs> Very much so. If I'm having like a genuinely good day, I don't know, so many little things can ruin it. Um, again, sensitive. Someone saying something mean on the internet will haunt me for hours. Yeah. Saying something slightly wrong in a conversation that doesn't get like a laugh I, accept, I expect, haunting stays in my brain will not leave my brain and it will ruin every other uh, reaction for the day huh that sounds love my brain how about for the good then you're having a bad day what turns it to be a good one uh again it is generally little things really really good food Mm. there is very little in my life that the right meal and it has to be the right thing and i won't know what the right thing until i i i have accessed it yes uh, which will lead like an hour of trying to decide what takeaway to order, because oh. if the takeaway then like isn't exactly right, like my day will be so much worse. Yeah, <laughs> like tiny things, yeah. tiny tiny things. Hmm. Um, but yeah, generally food, food improves all things. What book do you think made the biggest impression on teenage you? Hmm. Probably Shantaram. Did I ever get you to read Shantaram? god no but i remember you like everyone i know talking about shantaram you had read it callum had read it ali had read it everyone yeah. tried to get me to read it which put me off reading it yeah that's fair so shantaram is like this book about it's half autobiographical like it follows his vague life story but he adds in the detail like the characters right. and that um about an australian ex-convict or possibly continued convict he might have just escaped from prison yeah that's right who goes to india and it's about his living in India and becoming a doctor in the slums and eventually becoming like part of a mafia in Mumbai, uh, then Bombay. And it is incredibly purple prose and beautiful, long descriptive passages about the woman he likes and the the and it's all very emotional and the characters are very well fleshed out and it is a very, very beautiful book. Yeah, um, I like a bit of ridiculous purple prose. It's it's always lived on my to-read list. Yeah. I've just never got around to acquiring a copy and reading it. I've got a copy at the moment. I often don't have a copy of one of my favourite books in the world because I am forever fucking lending them out. Um, yeah, classics that I never have a copy of are Great Gatsby David, and Dorian Gray. David Roberts, so would I put that under D or under R? If you put that under D, you're a serial killer, Francine. <laughs> well, I think who uh, who alphabetizes books by first name? What, Gregory David Roberts. It's his middle name. Who alphabetizes by middle name? I can't believe you didn't read it when I was making everyone read it. Yeah, the thing is, there were. I think at the point where you read it, there were five different people who had read it who were recommending it to me. No, I, I, I read it way before I met you. Um, this is Craig's older brother. Gave it. Oh right. I, rem- I remember a period where, like, you were recommending it. Callum, Ali, possibly yeah. Alex, Kate. Did I make Alex read it? Yeah, that's quite possible. Yeah, between you and Ali, Alex read it. Because he'd read passages out to it occasionally in the kitchen. And if too many people recommend something to me, it puts me off and I won't do it. I am very stubborn. They'd lied to me and betrayed me, leaving jagged edges where all my trust had been. And I didn't like or respect or admire them anymore. But still, I loved them. I had no choice. I understood that perfectly, standing in the white wilderness of snow. You can't kill love. You can't even kill it with hate. 
You can kill in love and loving and even loveliness. You can kill them all or numb them into dense leaden regret, but you can't kill love itself. Love is the passionate search for a truth other than your own. And once you feel it honestly and completely, love is forever. Every act of love, every moment of the heart reaching out is part of the universal good. It's part of God or what we call God and it can never die. Yeah, okay, so a bit wanky. So yeah, that's one of the reasons I can't ever edit fiction because I would cut that to about 10 words. Um, but <laughs> Fair. But I enjoyed it very, very much and it doesn't feel wanky in the story. Well, that's like I really love Portrait of Dorian Gray because like it's beautiful, beautiful writing that and works is, in the story. It is very Oscar Wilde in parts. I've just spotted another very quick quote in there, which is sounds very Oscar Wilde which is, uh, you know, the difference between news and gossip, don't you? News tells you what people did. Gossip tells you how much they enjoyed it. <laughs> that um, is so much <laughs> wild. Yeah. What book made the biggest impression on Teenage You? Ooh, that's really difficult. Because like on the one sense, we were talking a couple of weeks ago about those George Nicholson books, and I think they had the biggest impression on my sense of humour. Yeah. But I think probably uh, Fragile Things, which is one of the Neil Gaiman short story collections. Ah. Because I was like, so I was aware the book American Gods existed because a friend of that, that my first memory of being aware of Neil Gaiman's existence was a friend of mine in philosophy class reading American Gods and asking if I could borrow it when she was done. Um, and then I, I was <laughs> eventually, yes, but I ended up reading Fragile Things, the short story collection first, mm -hmm. uh, because I just I happened to pick up a copy of it in Waterstones. And I was like, oh, I'll see if I like this guy's short stories before yeah. I commit to like because American Gods book, is a very yeah. big book and it was a it's one of the first books where I remember very slowly becoming aware of how big a deal the author was because obviously you're talking this is in the late 2000s and Neil Gaiman has been a very big name for much longer than that mm. and it felt like joining a club and getting excited when I realized other people already knew who he was yeah because this is also around the time I was starting to get back into Terry Pratchett and obviously there was that whole link there. So it was like, oh, this author seems pretty cool. And then finding out that like a lot of people I knew really loved him. And I loved the book itself. Like it's such a, all of the stories and poems in it are beautiful in their own ways. And it's incredible writing. Uh, right. What is the best and worst thing about getting older? Ooh. Hmm. Worst thing is of course, just the, the tiny little constant gradual reminders that this ridiculous fragile meat body is decaying um <laughs> that's cheery and Very i need to cheery. find another home for my consciousness in only a few decades time the good thing about getting older is i'm not sure how to word it because it is a combination of you feel more secure in yourself and people fuck with you less and i think yeah. those two are very entwined um like when you're a young woman, a very young woman at between, like, I'm going to say 15 and 24, probably prime is when a lot of people just really try to fuck with you. <laughs> yeah. And, people see how much they can get away with and take advantage. And yeah. Yeah. And now I'm getting close to 30. People, let's be honest, men do not, <laughs> do not seem to automatically assume there is some way they can pull one over on me. Oh, just yeah. be a complete asshole without retribution. But yeah, I mean, but partly that. <laughs> and just, yeah, just generally all that shit that comes with being that young has gone, which is nice, or is in the process of going. 
and people that taking nice. it a bit more seriously at work automatically and yeah no i like it i like i like being this age i would not apart from the physical health aspects of it and some yeah. of the aesthetics let's not try and pretend i'm above this um yeah i, w- I would not choose to go back to being say 19 or 20 i think on the whole getting older is probably better if you get rid of the huge huge downside which is the reality getting older being mortal yeah well that's fine look we're still in our 20s we don't really need to face that until we're like 40 and technology will have moved on by then by the time we're 40 we won't have to face it till we're 60 and that will hopefully be the case yeah and then cybernetic enhancements uh, what single Discworld book are you most excited for us to get to? Ooh, so you've already said Amazing Morris. Mm. There's a bunch, but I think, and we've already kind of talked about this, but I'm really, really excited for Soul Music. Oh, yeah. Pa- partly because it is one of my favourites, and it's one of, when I've, as a, like I said, late teens, when I started properly getting into Discworld, it, that was one of the first ones I picked up, and I picked it up because... I read the back cover and I was like, ooh, Blues Brothers references. And it's one of my favorite films. Yeah. Um, so I deeply, deeply love it. I love all the little references. I like the ones where he skewers bits of pop culture. And I like uh, the character that is introduced in it, who turns up in a few Discworld books. Um, but also p- partly because I know it's really not one of your favorites. And I know you don't know the references and you've not, never watched the Blues Brothers. I'm so excited. The same way, like, I found a new appreciation for Rincewind when I did Colour of Magic and Light Fantastic with you who likes Rincewind. I know I'm, I'm, just, I'm really I'm worried about disappointing you here because it's not really just that I don't get the references it's that I don't really care to get I'm, I'm not that into music I never have been. Well no I'm <laughs> definitely not a massive music nerd. All movies. <laughs> yeah I'm not a massive music nerd I just really really like the Blues Brothers but it's it's I'm not saying that I'm excited because I think I'm going to convince you to like it, mm-hmm. but I think it's going to be more fun to talk about it with someone who is less of a fan of it. Mm. Yeah, at least it won't devolve into when we get to both of our favourite books, it'll just be us going, ooh, this is good. If you had to pick an occupation totally unconnected to what you do now, what would it be? Ooh. That's so unconnected to, with... to any of your many jobs. All five of them. All five. None of which I have right now. Uh, this is really difficult because everything I'm thinking somehow does link back to them. Um, oh, no, I'd want to work in fashion. Oh, okay. Like designing. Nice. Which is technically not one of my jobs. It's only one of my hobbies. Yes. No, that's good. Yeah, well then. Because I like, like making... Like high fashion and- or like fashion oh i'd want to work in like proper high fashion couture stuff and designing concept bullshit yeah or like yeah yeah yeah. so like Like, someone walks uh, down the walks down the catwalk with like balloons on them instead of clothes yeah very jump or gautier Mm -hmm. i think if i had to pick a design house that i'd want to work for as well okay cool until i launched my own brand yeah yeah yeah. what do you like being complimented on one about looks one about something else Ah. two-parter a two-parter um I like people telling me I have a nice smile. Uh, That's good. Because a lot of people have, but a lot of people have made fun of me for you do various have a nice laughing, smile. smiling reasons. Uh, <laughs> um, so yeah, I like that one. And it's probably going to be writing again. 
I like it when I get a compliment on a funny piece I've written because that's I enjoy writing that and it's not something I do often or I think particularly well on average but when I do get it right I like it when people tell me it's funny you have got a very good very dry sense of humor but yeah I'm guessing you don't get to be funny in your work writing that often yeah and it takes like practice to write comedy like anything else and say so I don't put time yeah, comedy for is it hard. so I should <laughs> but yeah yeah that's mine yeah. I'm very proud of us both for getting through that qu- question without saying tits yeah which subject do you wish you knew more about <laughs> oh <laughs> And do two answers. One, which is tangentially related to one of my jobs, is I wish I understood chemistry more deeply, especially the chemistry behind baking. Cool, yeah. Because yeah. I know, because I know some of the basics of it, but I'd really like to have a much more in-depth understanding of it. And then, completely and totally unrelated to my job, I wish I knew more about coding, especially game design. You'd be good at that, probably. It's very immersive. Yeah, but. Uh, I know how much free time I have. I know I don't have all, time to learn to code. Okay, for two months, yes, but I'm not going to like start a hobby when I have five. I, I can't start another hobby, Francine. I think we should do one more each because I need to do some work this afternoon. Oh yeah, I didn't realize how long we've been recording. <laughs> we don't have timers today. Um, if I could guarantee you a lifespan of at least another two hundred years, how would your plans change? Oh, um, well, <laughs> I would immediately borrow the money or get a grant or whatever needed to go to university um i'm not sure what subject i would take exactly but i would go and get some fucking qualifications finally oh that would be cool i would insist on moving to another country quite soon um when there's no travel bans and pandemic i feel like i play it more safe than i would do if i had more life (laughs) because i yeah like I know we are we being me and my husband are happy here and safe and all of that but I would take more of a risk yeah so lots and lots of ways but my main one would be starting formal education yeah Mm. nice which I might get around to anyway we'll see I yeah I'm pretty sure that's not in my future (laughs) yeah I mean it's mm, I'd say 50 50 for me honestly whether I'll ever get around to it but yeah, I, I, I feel I know like quite a few people who got degrees in like their thirties and forties. So, yeah, I mean, if I ever got into a thing where I was like way more financially stable, yeah, and could take the time off to do it properly, that's it, isn't it? That's the, it's the time. Yeah. Um, yes. As it gallops away right. from us. Who was the best teacher you ever had? Ooh, ooh, um, it's kind of hard to answer. So. I will say probably just for straight up incredible amounts of compassion. Uh, I was like, this is a bit depressing, but I was in middle school when my father passed away. Yes. And I have a sister who's six years older. So she'd been through the school before me. Yeah. So the teachers like, like it is a Catholic school and it's kind of a small community. And so they, you know, they knew my family and obviously the teachers were very caring and looked after us. But they were so caring to the point where, for some stupid reason, on the day of the funeral, I insisted I was still going to do my science SAT exam. Yeah. Because I was a very stubborn child and wanted some normalcy. And not like head. Now. T- yeah. <laughs> now I'm so not stubborn at all. No. <laughs> and the head teacher, 
the year head of year eight who had been my sister's form tutor and would end up being mine and my teacher all together like took me to get changed and walked me down to the church and the head teacher and the head of year eight who was also the English teacher uh, were both from Newcastle similar areas where my dad's from so they both wore Newcastle United ties and they stayed for the whole funeral so I think just for straight up compassion they were probably some of the best teachers actual best teacher who made me care about the subject I was doing would probably be that English lit teacher I was talking about because I was in a very very bad state of bad mental health that would lead to me dropping out of school but for a while I did still manage to kind of give a fuck about English lit I noticed you haven't yet shaved your head by the way Joanna well done I'm so close to it (laughs) oh yeah honorable mention to the head of sick form at the school I did a levels at who bet me 20 quid I wouldn't shave my head and paid up yeah (laughs) Like that. Awesome. Um, one of the podcasts I mentioned actually, Roderick on the line, uh, mentioned that some people who are newly sober might really be struggling right now um, because there's fuck all to do apart from sit around and think about it. And a lot of people will be like, well, no one's going to be fucking judging me, are they? And something's different, therefore it's a good excuse. And that's how addictive brain works. And yeah, I've been there, guys. So if anybody is in that situation and would like to chat because I've got a few years under my belt now and I'm feeling pretty steady about the whole thing still, then please feel free to reach out at uh, Twitter's probably easiest on at Francie Bambi, which is linked in the show notes. And yeah, I'm happy to chat to anyone about that stuff. So. Oh, brilliant, <laughs> aren't you? Like yeah, I'll you. even be nice to you. <laughs> like, uh, like genuine, this isn't just for me to be like a dick. Like, <laughs> Oh, you've been nice. Mm. Whereas if you reach out to me, I'll probably be a dick, but I'll try and pass your info on to Francine. She'll have good recipe ideas. Don't you? <laughs> yeah, no. As I said at the end of our last episode, if you are struggling with just having ridiculous store cupboard ingredients and not knowing what to do with them, or you need some stuff read out for the kids you're desperately trying to homeschool now, uh, just, yeah, shout me at Joanna Hagen on Twitter or uh, email the podcast and we'll look after you. Do you have anything you'd like to end on, Joe? Um, I mean, I can do like a, I can do an outro. This is a podcast episode. Oh, I guess it kind of is. Yeah, yeah. Do an outro. Right. Thank you for listening to the truth shall make you fret. That's the end. Uh, follow- <laughs> <laughs> We've definitely finished talking about Mort now, but we will be back in your ears next week with sorcery. Yes. Starting at page one, just so you know. Yeah. Page one. Page Starting one. Do you, have you page decided one. where we're stopping? I haven't started reading it yet. Okay, cool, cool. Taking the week off, Francine. Ah, yes. Um, but yeah, follow us on Instagram at the Tree Show Make You Fret, at, on Twitter at Make You Fret Pod. Find us on Facebook at the Tree Show Make You Fret. You can email us, the Tree Show Make You Fret Pod at gmail.com. As we said, come contact your hosts if you need anything in this ridiculous time. In this trying time. It is quite frankly ridiculous. And until next week, dear listeners. Don't let us detain you. See, that seems kind of rude at the end of bonus content, but like, whatever. I couldn't think of anything else. I guess it's always rude. I guess that's the point.